here. D. Announcer. Say. We're the talk of the internet. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience, they pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered, and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Well, we had a guest this evening who I think had too much fireworks or something and like, just uh, dropped it out. Like Michael Jordan, to err as human. <laughs> so, you know, such is life. However... We're going to uh, cover the same topic. I did read the book, and we have a number of our own subjects or stories under the same topic. And the uh, the book today was about where the blind horse sings, and it's about um, the incredible nature of animals. And the book is written by Kathy Stevens, who I think dropped the ball. I tried her, and she's not there, so we're going to tell you uh, not only some of her stories, but some of our stories. And here's the point. I'll just tell you the point at the front end of this. Give it to them, babe. Yeah, and then and then after that, we'll get into all these uh, incredibly tear-jerking, gooey stories. Um, you know, we are way, way, way out of line in our agribusiness with regards to how we treat animals that we consider ultimate food for human beings. We are way, way out of line. We do not consider these sentient, thinking, feeling, intelligent, loyal beings, which they are. They, of course, aren't really given a chance to show that under the conditions that they are raised and slaughtered, and it's pretty, pretty gross. And, you know, although Kathy really promotes uh, pure vegetarianism across the board, and although I don't really agree with that, in fact, we bless our food before and thank not only the creatures or the vegetables that we're eating, but also the people that have gathered them to make them available for us. We thank them. We are grateful. All, yes. And um, what happened today when I was doing that was, um, or yesterday, with this guest, Kathy's coming, I was we were going to have some hamburger, and I was thanking the cow, and all of a sudden I knew that the cow didn't mind at all being used for food. And I think that's true of all animals that are used for food. What they do mind is that we don't treat them properly in the process. We don't respect them. We don't treat them humanely. And that's that's the big problem. And so we wanted to do a show today to talk about the amazing nature of animals so that, you know, we all can wake up further to who they are, that we can uh, more encourage across the board better treatment. So what these animals are really looking for in the 
natural balance of things is a is a mutual respect uh, that they don't suffer and that they don't have to be uh, crazied up in a lot of fear. So we got respect, suffering, and fear that if we treat them right, you know, everything eats something. Everything has to take something from something. So it's a part of how life is made here on this earth plane. Something dies for your life. You die for something's life. You know, it's sort of lousy that a lot of human beings don't make more of their life for how much dies just on the food level for their life. You know, what respects the food that you eat is the quality of contribution that you do with your life. The quality of making right choices and making life work better around you. That's another level of respecting food. And then once again, when you're dealing with your food or animals, you can do this with vegetables or with animals, food that you're going to eat, respect them, you know, nurture them, work with nature and everything, raising them and all that. Uh, don't have them suffer, you know, pain and all that, and don't have them be in fear and, and all kinds of messed up attitudes. All that ruins the food and is not right to the animal. And, and when we do things not right to the animals, like we know some very cruel people, and, you know, we've done healing work. That's the mainstay of my um, income and career for a long time. We have people that have been animals in other lifetimes because they have, there's numerous reasons. There's lessons you learn from animals, but one of the reasons is uh, you were really abusive to, um, let's say, a horse. So you get to be a horse that's abused in another lifetime, a donkey that's abused. And what goes around comes around. Uh, we have many stories like that. We have a lot of verification. And uh, when we come up with these things in, like in the healings or, or just the knowing of this stuff, there's a real knowing in the person that it's true. So... You know, this is sound stuff. It's not airy-fairy stuff. Some of these stories are just absolutely marvelous. So that said, that we all need to be more aware of what we're doing and be more wise in how we're dealing with animals and the fact that animals give their lives often to help people. Truly, they, they choose do. to. Yes, they choose to. And we're not going to get into many of those stories right mm. now, but we know some. We firsthand. know some firsthand. Remarkable. But <clears throat> what Kathy did is she uh, got, was a lawyer and doing other things, or no, a teacher, lawyer. Whoops, one Lo of those. Lawyer. She was a lawyer. Okay, good. And she realized it just wasn't her calling, and she started realizing what she needed to do was set up the sanctuary for animals. So she had a friend or an acquaintance of hers who had money, who offered to buy this property. And they, you know, with volunteer work and everything, they put together this, like, uh, 75 acre property mm -hmm. that they they uh, had a dilapidated barn that they fixed etc and then they started bringing animals in and they focus on uh, farm animals well here's one of the stories that just completely moves me I mean, it's so amazing they had these people owned a horse that was blind and they just didn't know what to do with the guy it was and so you know 
shame on them, but they had it in an irregular shaped cage that had barbed wire. Small? So, yeah, so it was blind and so it would move around and get poked by the barbs. So it was so freaked that what it ended up doing is standing in the middle of this room with its head drooping, not knowing where to move. Nothing was safe. What? Totally freaked out. What were they thinking? Prison. Yes. So they ended up uh, getting the horse and uh, literally from getting off the the cart to the um, the stall where he was supposed to be was a mere 60 feet. <laughs> it took him an hour to get him to move that 60 feet. He was petrified. All he had known up till then is if he moved, he got hurt again and again and again. Wow. So, you know, what they did is they started um, uh, with oats and things in a bowl and coaxing him. Little by little, it took them an hour to get him to move these 60 feet. I bet they talked a lot to him. Yes, she did. Kathy talked to him all the way. Stop. And she would hold his halter so he'd know to stop and move. And she started coaching him. He had to go up steps, so she'd go up, up. And then he'd know to lift his feet up. And over time, you know, in an hour he moved. And then, you know, it's truly amazing what she was able to do with him because, um, uh, you know, she started walking him by the next day and he was like thrilled. You know, he trusted her already from that 60 feet, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. And then it went from there to within a month, if you can believe this, within a month she had him running in a field. Was she on him or not? Yes. Oh, she was on him? Yes. <laughs> wow, that's an accomplishment. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so she has a heart that you can trust, such a big heart, and then the warm words with it that sort of uh, mix the thing and, and helps the animal go past the barrier. Yeah, she gave firm commands. She was an accomplished horsewoman anyway from her youth. She really knew how to be and deal with horses. And uh, she did nothing but what was trustable. Mm-hmm. You know, animals respond to that. Sure they do. You know, we we have a cat who uh, was uh, born wild. And I'll tell you, um, the first two years, I mean, he was skittish everywhere. I mean, just the slightest noise would freak him out, even when he's in a safe environment. But it's so two years of consistent, trustable love that we gave this cat continually, and all of a sudden his skittishness is melting out of him. He's just completely relaxing. You know, when we are consistent with love, Mm -hmm. it works. You know, you're talking about the words. We have an aviary, and we have these cats, and we have little birds in there, and sometimes they really get freaked out at night. You know, maybe an owl comes by or whatever. And it's, it's really noticeable to me that our caring words, even though it's like in the middle of nowhere, but our caring words settles them down. It's not the quiet of the night, you know, when everything, the whatever it was, is scared off. That doesn't settle them down. Nothing like the warm, caring words is it's okay, everything's okay, and they trust us. We feed them and take care of them. So rather quickly they just get off of their neurosis their neurotic uh, reactions and just start coming back and going to sleep if it's nighttime 
If you guys have a favorite animal story that you'd like to share, send it to us via email at q at masteringourselves.com. We'd love to read it. Uh, I was astounded uh, at her ability to get him out, and he was he was so happy to be out running like a, he a was blind supposed horse, to be. A rider on a blind horse running out in the field. He That's was, trust, man. You know, after the first time they went out, she got done, and she was singing over the rainbow. <laughs> at the end of the ride, she was so happy for him to have gotten out. But what was most fun, after the second ride, where he... You know, she found this meadow that was safe to run, you know, wouldn't likely to have any holes where right. he would fall or rocks or anything. Yeah. And he ran at his top speed. And when he got done, he just, he let out this huge, you know, like what they do. <laughs> the horse did. Yeah. And she said he was singing. It was just clear that he was singing, oh, you know, because he's no longer in his prison, yeah. but now he's uh, he's out oh, free. So, you know, every other day she takes them out riding. Cool. You know, I've often wondered, animals out in the wild, wild mustangs, uh, antelope, they run really fast out in the just open, open, raw ground. How on earth do they keep track of four feet running, let's say, 30, 40 miles an hour? And you got holes, rabbit holes, prairie dog holes, all kinds of, you know, surprise things, and they don't... They don't fall hardly ever. You ever see or hear of any of them falling? How do they do that? Isn't that something? You know, I used to uh, go through Nevada often, and there were these antelope. They run really fast. You know, sometimes they go, what, I think, 60 miles an hour or something. And they would come to a fence, a barbed wire fence, and they would all of a sudden turn pull up their legs and everything, duck their head, turn sideways, and then turn back up, and, and they don't miss a step. They go right through the barbed wire. It was amazing to see. What kind of animal does Antelope. That? Wow, how do they do that? Uh, you, we couldn't hardly believe it. You know, you have a, uh, this was about a 14-inch uh, gap, and they, were, they went through it like a bullet. Amazing. Well, this guy actually uh, is using his uh, feel and hearing to compensate for his lack of sight and, of course, her eyes. Yes. And as a team, it works. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thanks for being with us. we got more cool stories. Stay with us.